Welcome, educators, parents, and scholar gamers to the Academy of Esports, Episode 9. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. This is the podcast where I delve into topics surrounding education and esports. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We cannot forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals, and it is the vision of the Academy of Esports for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. So in this episode, we're going to delve into a topic that kind of got me started on on looking at esports more closely beyond the game, beyond just being something that we say to kids, hey, this is really neat, let's do this in schools. We're going to look at how we connect the ISTE standards uh, to esports. And for the uninitiated, for those of you who do not know, first off, what ISTE is, um, ISTE is the International Society for Technology and Education. So I-S-T-E. And you can go to their website. It is ISTE.org. And what you will find on the website is that this is a, this is a professional organization, mainly made up of teachers and, and school administrators. Um, it is an organization that has been around in existence for many number of years. Um, has gone through a few different iterations and name changes. Um, And it is not an organization that I always see eye to eye with. Um, For example, this year the conference is being held in Chicago. It is a very expensive conference um, uh, given the location. But um, I I had a number of issues with uh, one of the... um, keynote speakers that the organization picked. But um, given that I have disagreements with the selection and choice of a keynote speaker, um, that does not discount some of the other good things that ISTE has done to help push forward the use of technology in schools and to try to do it in ways that go beyond um, just the uh, sales pitch of product. Um, they don't always succeed in doing that. Uh, the vendor hall, when you go to the SD conference, is enormous. Um, but when you are uh, at the conference and able to connect with people from all over the world, it is truly a wonderful thing. Now, the ISTE standards, there's a variety of different standards. They've got them for students, they've got them for educators, they've got them for administrators. They even have them for coaches now. And the purpose is, and I want to read this directly from their website, the purpose of the ISTE standards are a framework for students, educators, administrators, coaches, and computer science educators to rethink education and create innovative learning environments. The standards are helping educators and education leaders worldwide re-engineer schools and classrooms for digital age learning no matter where they are on the journey to effective ed tech integration. So, uh, in 2016, ISTE went ahead and revamped their uh, standards for students. They do this every uh, several years, um, given the changes in times and, and things of that nature. So, in 2016, they came out with these new standards. And this was shortly 
after we had um, launched the team uh, that I had been part of uh, founding, we had launched the team at the uh, Rockford Public Schools in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, looking at the standards, it was uh, fascinating to me to see just how well esports plays into um, the SD standards for students. Again, let's let's let me reiterate uh, what the purpose and of this of the standard framework is. The standards are a framework for students, educators, administrators, coaches, and computer science educators to rethink education and create innovative learning environments. So that's the purpose. Rethink education and create innovative learning environments. Two key things right there. So uh, what eSports is allowing us to do is definitely rethink education. And it allows us also to definitely create innovative learning environments. Now, there are seven ISD standards for students. And I don't know in this episode, in the 30 minutes that we have here, that we are going to be able to look at every standard. In fact, uh, when I started going through the ISTE standards, I noted that the uh, administrator standards had been updated. And what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is I'm going to be digging into the administrator standards as well, too, because there are standards that I, as I read them on the surface, that I believe as an administrator, esports also um, touches on. So um, it's it's not just going to be from the, the student perspective, but we're going to start from the student perspective because um, this is why... Um, I do this podcast. This is why I've been doing this. In fact, I was incredibly proud um, this week. I have to celebrate uh, one of my students. Well, Zach's not one of my students, but Zach is a student with which um, esports to me, he's an example of being the um, uh, the student that, that the reason why I push so hard to do this, that uh, he, 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 he is the reason why. Um, uh, this last week, Zach and I were both part of a taping of a television show uh, in the Milwaukee area called Racine and Me. So it focuses on the city of Racine. And I couldn't have been more proud sitting next to this student who um, I found I, I didn't know his high school graduation was on Friday night, else I would have tried to have been there for it. But um, I was proud to sit next to him as he described what esports meant to him and it made everything that I had done and that he had done as an organizer as well I mean the student leadership was right there as well um, it made everything worth worth the efforts um, Zach I know is going to do great things um, at Robert Morris University he did earn an esports scholarship to Robert Morris University uh, he's getting $6,000 a year, which is a fantastic amount of money when you're considering college. Um, considering that we put $22,000 up as part of a grant to get the equipment necessary to start the team at Walden High School, um, I figure we are now ahead because Zach's scholarship over four years is worth $24,000. Um, I even watched today... Um, it's Sunday, as, as I'm recording Sunday evening. And today was the final of the League of Legends uh, collegiate tournament. 
So this was to determine the national championship um, of League of Legends in esports. And what I loved about the uh, tournament was that the two final teams, first off, the two final teams had uh, scholarships. So these were scholarship, varsity-level scholarship teams. That's important because over the next several years, uh, it, first off, it shows that their investment is paying off because they are being successful against their peers, number one. And number two, that um, the, the scholarship model is something that is going to, as schools become more competitive, as students look to which school they want to attend, um, there's going to be a need, a need for increased scholarships for esports uh, for scholar gamers. So the second thing that I loved was that not only was these was was the final teams, two teams, and this was uh, University of California at Irvine, which is a fairly well-known school, and the second school is Columbia College. Now, if you live in around the Chicago area, there is a Columbia College, but this is not the one in Chicago, and it is not Columbia University, which is on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. This is small Columbia College in Missouri, and to get to the uh, finals, um, they had to go through teams that, if you saw it on, say, a football schedule, uh, it would be a no competition because they defeated schools like Ohio State and they defeated Maryland, and they defeated the University of Illinois. Um, that, to me, is... I mean, you're talking about pools. I mean, this, Ohio State University has 90,000 students. Uh, Illinois, I believe, is around fifty to 60,000. Um, you're talking about some very large Big Ten schools that have pools of students they can pull from. Uh, but in the case of these students... Um, they, the University of Irvine, uh, California, Irvine, and Columbia College, uh, very small schools in comparison uh, to the Big Ten, though Irvine is a, is a bigger, it's a UC school, but Columbia College is very tiny. And um, they, they were able to uh, demonstrate not only how well that they uh, can play when given the proper resources, but what was great afterwards was they interviewed the uh, University uh, California Irvine team um, and l looking at the scholar gamers and listening to them speak after the tournament and talking about the balance that they have to have in their lives between their academics and then being an esports athlete a uh, scholar gamer I, I do it all the time I know I'm st I as much as I, I, I prefer using the term scholar gamer um, they have a good balance so this is a good thing this is a good thing for kids. This is a good thing that drives students to college, helps them find proper balance in their lives. Um, and so I was, I, I knew that between Zach's success and what I witnessed today uh, while on streaming on Twitch was that uh, what I am advocating for is a good thing. It's the right thing. It's the thing that all schools should be doing. And if your school is not doing it yet, um, I'm available to speak to anybody. It, my email address, my contact information can be found uh, at taoesports.com. Um, you can also contact me, contact me through the Racine Unified School District. 
Uh, my information is on our website there. Um, but I can be, I, I will be happy to speak and advocate to any organization, any school, any school district, even if you're a student. If you're a student who is listening to me right now or a parent who says, how do I get this going in my schools? Reach out to me. I am more than happy to help uh, have the conversation about how you get this going in your schools. So with that said, let's transition back to the SD standards for students because these are some of the arguments that you as a student or you as a parent or you as an educator should have uh, when you are presenting or talking about why we should do esports in schools. So again, beyond diversifying our athletic culture, beyond giving students uh, diversifying their uh, options that they have. Um, the standards, uh, like I said, we're going to get through as many of them as we can this week. And then uh, if we need to, we will go into next week. But the first standard that's really important is the empowered learner standard. And the standard reads as this. Students leverage technology to take an active role in choosing, achieving, and demonstrating competency and their learning goals informed by the learning sciences. And then it gives some indicators as to what that means. Now, when we talk about um, playing video games, just in general, um, usually people, uh, gamers, measure their success by getting to the next level, by having those breakthroughs. A couple weeks ago, we talked with Jake Middleton um, about things specific to growth mindset. Even Dan Hemmelstein uh, said some of the same things, talking about growth mindset and setting personal goals. So this empowered learner standard in the ISTE standards for students um, goes into empowering our learners to be proactive about their learning. So when we're in eSports and we're a scholar gamer, um, it is important to be able to set those goals, have that growth mindset. What do I do well now? What do I need to work on? And how do I get from, from the point I am with what I need to work on to a point of success? So this is a core value that we want all of our students to do, not just in esports, but we want them to be able to do in all aspects of their education, in, in all aspects of life. Another indicator that I thought was really important to point out to the Empowered Learner Standard is students build networks and customize their learning environments in ways that, the, that support the learning environment. As a gamer trying to problem solve, as a gamer trying to, a scholar gamer trying to figure out how do I get better at this, students will turn to things like Twitch. They will turn to things like YouTube. They will turn to things like Twitter. They will turn to things like Instagram. They'll turn to websites. They'll turn to anything that is going to help give them the edge. Um, they will build that network and they will customize that network to what they want to be able to do. I even see it in my own, my own nine-year-old son who um, loves to game. And when he is saddled with something that he's trying to figure out how to solve in a game, um, he will go and look at walkthroughs. On YouTube, mostly, he will look at gaming walkthroughs. Um, I remember when I was a kid and uh, we had issues with uh, some games where they were tough. You could always go get a magazine, a gaming magazine, and it would sometimes have a cheat code or ways to skip um, into different worlds. So examples uh, being, <coughs> excuse me, 
Example being, uh, if you ever played the game Super Mario Brothers, um, you know it's eight levels, eight worlds, uh, three world, uh, three levels per world, and you had to, as you moved through, play each one. There was no saving, so if you sat down to play, you had to play the entire time. But what you could do is actually skip ahead. So uh, through jumping in certain ways, uh, going through certain pipes, you could actually skip ahead to uh, different worlds. So you didn't have to necessarily play um, all the different levels. So, um, but with esports and being a scholar gamer, now our scholar gamers are going to um, be proactive in learning and building, and they are then empowered to take that active role in choosing and achieving and demonstrating their competency through their gameplay. The second standard I want to touch on is the digital citizen standard. Um, I'll read the standard. Students recognize the rights, responsibilities, and opportunities of living, learning, and working in an interconnected digital world, and they act and model in ways that are safe, legal, and ethical. This is something that I know that uh, students, even on our team in Racine, struggle with. Um, toxicity is a, is a term that is used when we talk about gaming culture sometimes, when uh, there could be things that are said that are racist or demeaning to a competitor. Uh, comments can be uh, posted into certain chats that need to be moderated. Um, it is it is a it is esports again the game being a medium to something more helps to create if done well helps to create a culture of positive positive digital citizenship it is incredibly important that when you are considering building a team that digital citizenship and perhaps a code of conduct is included in your charter for your team. So some of the indicators that um, can be reflected in um, through eSports is, that, for example, students cultivate and manage their digital identity and reputation and are aware of the permanence of their actions in the digital world. There have recently been eSports careers ruined. And again, these are a lot of students, who, uh, children. I mean, we're talking about kids here. We're talking about 14 to 21-year-old people who, for whatever reason in their past or, or not in their past, thinking that they were in a safe space where they could say anything, do anything, and quickly found out as they gained popularity that that wasn't always the case. Um, the recent Overwatch League had a number of uh, issues with uh, toxicity on the team, with inappropriate comments made by a team player, I believe on the on the Dallas team for Overwatch. Um, so there are. It's important that we bring in the um, the digital citizenship component uh, of the SD standards into our esports um, teams. So uh, we need our we need not just our students but our coaches to act and model in these environments that are safe, legal, and ethical. Um, what's also interesting is, and, and this isn't just about social interactions, but we also need to talk about intellectual property uh, when we're talking about these things because 
for example, if we get students into streaming, especially if we're talking about Twitch and we get students into streaming, um, they have to understand copyright. They have to understand that it's not okay to use an intellectual property uh, inappropriately and share that in inappropriate ways um, that steals people's, especially if you're starting to monetize a Twitch account, uh, you cannot, definitely cannot, there is no fair use um, of certain things if you're monetizing your account. So it is important that we respect the rights of of everybody, of their intellectual property, and we try to break down and defeat these um, toxic cultures that are in gaming. Um, I am always aware and concerned about toxicity in esports, and it's something that I do not. I, I I look to make sure that if it does creep up, that it is handled appropriately. Now, if you're in schools and you're dealing with uh, a toxic culture on your esports team, my recommendation is to work within your student code of conduct. And if you don't feel your student code of conduct is strong enough to deal with issues of online gaming, especially when you're talking about your um, online teams, um, that you address that with your student services or your principals at your schools. Because that is something that can tank all the wonderful things being done right now through esports can can bring all those things down, and and create um, a an environment that uh, can can create create a negative backlash. I think is what I'm trying to say. We don't want to have that negative backlash. There's too many positives here. There's too many great things happening with esports. So digital citizen digital citizen standard in on the SD standards very important. The third one and the last one I think we're going to have time to get to tonight is the Knowledge Constructor Standard, and it reads as follows. Students critically, let me start that over. Students critically curate a variety of resources using digital tools to construct knowledge, produce creative artifacts, and make meaningful learning experiences for themselves and others. So the, the part that I always pick on in this is make meaningful learning experiences. There is no better teacher for anybody than yourself. There really isn't. I mean, I can teach people how to do things. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to, and I don't, don't think that I'm trying to downplay the importance of teachers. I am not. But the best learner, the best teacher for somebody is themselves because they are able to construct things in ways that are meaningful to them. Okay, so this this goes right back into learning theory. This goes back into constructionist or constructivist, if you're into the Piaget side of things, uh, constructivist way. The constructionist way of doing things, which is more uh, Seymour Papert style, is saying not only am I going to construct the knowledge in my mind, but I'm going to produce something that is um, tangible, that demonstrates that I understand what it is that I'm doing. So this knowledge constructor... Um, this knowledge constructor standard goes right into that Piaget slash Papert um, uh, philosophy of learning and of constructing knowledge. So, for example, students, some of the indicators that I feel are important to note. Students evaluate the accuracy, perspective, credibility, and relevance of information, media, data, or other resources. This goes right into, does a student know what a quality resource is? And that's something we, our society 
struggled with just in the last election. And we talked about the term fake news. Do our students understand when they're looking at materials, when they're trying to become develop their growth mindset, become a better gamer? Are they able to take sources that are going to help them become a, a better gamer? Or are they going to look at things and be led astray? It's important that we as coaches who may not be the best gamers in the world uh, or the best gamers against our students, at least help them in the process of this evaluation. Um, and if you as an educator have issues with how do I do that effectively, the person you can talk to in your school building is your librarian. Librarians are always helpful about, uh, if hopefully you have a librarian, I know that there are some schools who do not, but uh, sorry, I have cats running back and forth here, uh, if you heard running in the house. Um, so it's important that um, you help your students evaluate that because as they're developing those goals, those learning, those those personal learning goals to become a better uh uh, a better gamer, better scholar gamer. It's important that they know how to build. Hey, sorry, the cats are really going at it behind me. And now they're downstairs. Uh, sorry, everybody. Um, we also need the students. To, uh, the other indicator I thought that was very important in all of this is that they curate information from digital resources using a variety of tools and methods to create collections of artifacts that demonstrate meaningful connections or conclusions. Again, using that growth mindset, mindset concept, how do we then um, take all these things and curate them into meaningful representations that are going to get me from point A to point B and beyond? Um, that knowledge constructor standard, very important in all that we're doing here with eSports. And again, this is the uh, third standard, and I will make sure to uh, post not only the links to the standards here in the show notes, but I've also wrote some blog posts in the past, starting in 2016, around these standards, and I'm going to uh, post those as well in the show notes so they are there. So, and then the next week, um, that we'll go through the four standards um, that we have left. We have innovative designer, we have the computational thinker standard, the creative communicator standard, and the global collaborator standard. And you can go, uh, like I said, into the show notes. All this uh, will be there. And then the weeks following, we will get into the same standards, but this one's for educators uh, in schools. So with that, that will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. You may follow me on Twitter, at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And while you're at it, you can also follow at T-A-O Esports on Twitter. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of the esports and education world. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also go through Flipboard or your favorite RSS app and follow the latest esports news and research directly impacting education, carefully curated by me. The links are right there on the TAO Esports website. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash TAO Esports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.